Welcome, everyone. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us today to talk to about the Forward Act and the R&D tax credit. My name is Raheem Mulji. I'm the director of our R&D Incentives practice here at Cross Border. And today we have Dr. Joe Kennedy from the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation to talk to us a little bit about the Forward Act, some of the other information and proposals that are in Congress, and really just talk about how the R&D tax credit world is changing. So thank you very much, Dr. Kennedy, for joining us. Very, very happy to have you. I'm delighted to be here. Excellent, sir. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Really would like to talk to you a little bit about your very interesting and varied career in <laughs> economic policy. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and your experience, please? Sure. Well, it, it has been interesting. I, I, for some reason, decided I was going to get both a PhD in economics and a law degree, possibly as insurance in case one of those careers didn't work out. And I've flittered back and forth between the two, but I've always been interested in public policy in general and always had a strong faith that better public policy can bring uh, significant improvements to society. So I've, I've tried to understand what, what the effects of different policies are and then help people uh, get those policies adopted. Absolutely. And so I understand you've served as chief economist for the Department of Commerce. You've been a professor. You've been, so you've definitely held uh, quite a few different roles, both in the public and private sector. Yeah. One of the other things I've had is as general counsel for the Senate's subcommittee on investigations, which was under Norm Coleman at the time and a lot of fun. Absolutely. That sounds amazing. And so now you're with the ITIF, the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about the foundation as well? Sure. It, it was started by uh, Rob Atkinson, who has, I think, become one of the leading voices on innovation in the country. It's about midway through its second decade. The last couple of years, it's been ranked as the world's top think tank focused on science and technology policy. It's focused on policies that will spur innovation and increase productivity. And, and I think if I had to characterize its politics, ITIF believes that government has a vital role to play in creating a climate that favors investment and growth but doesn't believe that government should be uh, involved in picking winners or implementing heavy regulation when there are other alternatives. Absolutely. And speaking of those, you know, heavily imposed regulations and all those alternatives and, and ways to, to do things, you know, one of the things that we're here to talk about today is the R&D tax credit, right? And how that is a, a big factor in small to mid-sized businesses receiving funds or offsetting tax liability to keep reinvesting in their businesses, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the big things that's happened, of course, this this year is is COVID, right? And that's impacted so many businesses and, and taxpayers and just individuals in so many different ways. And we see Congress now working through various proposals to provide fiscal stimulus to the economy. And one of the things that we've been seeing recently has been a proposal from Senator Coons in terms of the Forward Act, which is really going to impact the landscape of R&D tax credits. But just before we get into that, would love to get your take on why the R&D tax credit is such an important factor in driving American innovation and the economic recovery. We're very excited about this act 
introduced by Coons and Senator Roberts is a companion bill in the House. The reason we think it's important is is because we think it will lead to a lot more private research. Congress and and the administration have have properly focused on dealing with the short-term issues posed by COVID. But at, at some point, we're going to have to look forward and figure out how to get more growth in the long term. Uh, and we're going to need, in order to, you know, to pay off the rising deficits and get people back to work, we're going to need a lot better economic growth and faster productivity improvement. The tax code has a lot of different provisions in it, but few have been as heavily researched as the R&D tax credit. There's a strong academic body of work that's that's looked at the credit here and in other countries, and it consistently shows that private research is a strong complement to public research, and that private research delivers enormous gains to society. There's one study that showed that if a company invests in research, it gets a rate of return of about 27%. But the total public benefit of that research is about 99%. So the private company only gets about a third of the benefit. And the research also shows that while you lose tax revenue from the R&D tax credit, every dollar of you lose creates $1 of extra private research. And that research creates a social benefit of 2 to $3. And so for every dollar the government doesn't get in tax return, society is getting 2 or $3 in other benefits. And so that, that tells us we need more private research. And because private companies don't get the full benefit of what they do, we need to subsidize it in some way so that they increase their research above what they would otherwise do. Hi, I'm Matthew DeMello, and you may know me as the host of the Fiona Show Cross-Border Solutions Weekly Transfer Pricing Podcast. And while I love to discuss transfer pricing, this podcast isn't the only place you can hear me doing it. Cross-Border Solutions recently relaunched Transfer Pricing University, a live webinar series where you can learn about modern-day transfer pricing, everything from methodologies to comparables to preparing documentation to meet country-specific regulations. Good stuff, I know. Chief Economist Mimi Song leads the sessions. I just ask the occasional obvious question. Since our program is NASBA certified, you can earn one CPE credit for joining each session. Pretty sweet. So what are you waiting for? Join us for Transfer Pricing University Weekly. Classes are free, so now you really have no reason to miss it. Sign up at xbs.ai slash tpu. And I know another factor that's there is, is the competitiveness globally, right? And so enhancing domestic investments here in various industries really helps protect us where we're seeing certain situations right now, right? With the global supply chain being put at risk mm-hmm. based on certain countries having these issues with COVID, you know, it really helps us to innovate and, and invest domestically to make sure that, you know, our country has these industries growing and thriving here domestically and not necessarily shipping all of the work and all of the business internationally, right? Yes. So, uh, you know, besides just the, the, the COVID environment, right, we have how the R&D credit 
can help startup firms, help medical facilities, help pharmaceutical companies, help agriculture, right? It really helps a number of industries. And so, you know, for us, can you talk a little bit about just the high level impact of the Forward Act, maybe just one or two of the of the high level points and how it would change the landscape? Yeah, it, it basically does four things. One, it expands the permissible tax credits that small and medium businesses would be able to take. A second is is that it increases the size of the credit for companies that do most of their manufacturing in the U.S. And it also increases this, the, the size of the credit for collaborative research. The third is that it makes training costs eligible for the credit. And then finally, as you said before, it directs both the IRS and the SBA to develop materials that will help smaller businesses both discover the credit and actually use it. It's interesting that, that we're seeing these changes come with the Forward Act, you know, even as recently as 2015 when the R&D tax credit became permanent um, and then later on with the, the TJCA. You know, why do you think that those current um, R&D parameters and, and the current incentives aren't, aren't enough? And why do you think that this Forward Act is being introduced? Leaving small and medium businesses aside for now, the research tax credit doesn't apply to a lot of types of research that are very beneficial, like collaborative research. It also doesn't have a mechanism for encouraging manufacturers to actually stay in the U.S., not just do their research here, but do their manufacturing here. And then going to the small businesses, right now, a lot of research is done in small businesses. The, the way the tax credit normally works is you, you take your research expenditures and you get a certain fraction of those research expenditures, you get to deduct from your corporate income tax. But a lot of small businesses don't have a lot of revenues yet, and they don't have a tax big tax liability yet. So they really don't benefit because they don't have a tax liability to deduct their research costs from. A recent change a couple of years ago allowed some companies to get a deduction against their payroll taxes, which all companies have payroll taxes, even if they're not making profits. However, this eligibility was pretty tightly restricted, and the Forward Act substantially increases those restrictions so that more businesses should become eligible uh, for the credit uh, against their payroll taxes. And the amount of credits that they'll be able to take will also increase. That's a great point, right? You know, one of the earlier limitations in, in the RD credit was the alternative minimum tax, right? And so a lot of companies mm-hmm. that were in a very unique tax position, which actually wasn't that unique, there are quite a few businesses that were subject to AMT. You know, one of the biggest changes was allowing uh, qualified small businesses to, to recalculate what that AMT baseline would be and therefore actually be able to claim more of the credit. And so I completely agree with you that the payroll tax portion of, you know, some of these small startup firms who aren't paying direct tax liability to the the government, but they do have these payroll taxes because they're hiring all these people to do all of this R&D. You know, you're right, they couldn't take advantage of it. And now starting to see that more. And so you mentioned the Forward Act is enhancing that, right? I believe it's increasing the potential offset to to half a million dollars from 250,000. Is that correct? I I think it's $1 million. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, and and, and so so under the current law, um, you can a small company uh, that doesn't make more than five million dollars a year can deduct its costs against the payroll credit, but it can only do that for up to five years. And under the Forward Act. The first thing is that five-year period would be expanded to eight. A firm could have as much as $20 million in receipts instead of just $5 million and still be able to deduct against the payroll tax. And, and that eight-year time period doesn't start until your company has gross revenues or gross receipts of at least $25,000. And so... Many more companies will qualify under those guidelines or, or limits than under the old guidelines. Absolutely. So now we're seeing that the, these proposals in Congress essentially are opening up the doors to many, many more companies who may be a little bit larger in size in terms of their uh, gross receipts, but maybe still are not generating that tax liability that the, the R&D credit was originally meant to offset. Yeah, and in, in, in the theory, again, is that the research these companies are doing, by and large, of course, the companies benefit from that research, but society gets about two-thirds of the total benefit of that research. You know, we're losing a little tax revenue, but we're gaining even more total benefit just in better technology, better science, more knowledge, more high-paying jobs. Absolutely. And you, I want to touch on this, right? You mentioned the knowledge, and one of the biggest focuses of the R&D credit has been to create more jobs right here here in the U.S. And so one interesting part of the bill, you, know, you touched on it a little bit when we were going over the, the high points of the Ford Act, but it is that the R&D credit now would cover employee training. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what the proposal references in terms of that employee training and, and how that would work a little bit? Yeah, so, so we have a, a pretty good education system, especially in higher education. But what it doesn't do a great job of is teaching people, especially older workers, practical skills in the STEM technologies or the STEM fields. And one of the best sources of that, potential sources of that type of training would be the companies that are actually doing that research. So under the Forward Act, Training one of your workers on how to do research that's later going to qualify for the R&D tax credit, you would be able to take their salary and get the credit on it and then deduct that portion of their salary against your taxes. And right now, your training costs are not for the, the, the I think no training costs are eligible the credit. So this would at least allow you to deduct the wages. Absolutely. No, this is, this is amazing, right? Because in the past, companies have had to go directly to the science, technology, and, and engineering, right? They've got to go directly to these STEM experts, right? Whether you've, yeah. you've got individuals with PhDs like yourself or individuals who are very, very experienced. And now, from my perspective, in the years that I've been doing this, this is a huge, huge benefit to companies because it now is incentivizing them to train and upskill their employees, right? We hear that term a lot is upskilling. And so I think this is really exciting to see now that companies can include that portion of time to train people, whereas, you know, that was sort of a, a sunken cost for them, right? They had to just do that in order to keep their employees. Now they're getting an incentive to continue to teach their folks and to continue to focus on that STEM aspect of education and continue to innovate here internally. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and then the, the, the employee, of course, 
will almost certainly qualify for higher pay and better benefits when she's got this training, and he'll probably have a much more interesting job, too. Note to multinational companies everywhere, if you think the coronavirus has affected your bottom line, take a look at how it's devastated the economies of governments around the world. And where do you think tax authorities will look to make up for all that lost revenue? That's right, your transfer pricing. You can't afford to be non-compliant, but then you probably can't afford to pay for an overpriced consultant who bills by the hour either. Oops, sorry, Big Four. We've got the answer. Cross-border solutions, AI-powered transfer pricing software keeps you in compliance by preparing accurate, hyper-localized reports that protect you from transfer pricing audits, penalties, and adjustments. And our technology is available for one flat fee, a fraction of what you'd pay a big-name consultant. Again, apologies, Big Four. Stay in compliance and on budget with Cross-Border Solutions AI-driven transfer pricing software. It's no wonder we're the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. There we go again. I'm so sorry, Big. You know what? Wait, who am I kidding? Sign up for a free demo of Cross-Border Solutions transfer pricing technology today at xbs.ai slash tp that's xbs.ai slash tp so another one of the items that you mentioned you know is is domestic manufacturing and you know we've seen right now with of course the the impact of covid how you know the manufacturing supply chain has been hit in so many different ways whether it's agriculture whether it's different metal products whether it's masks and gloves and, and things like that um, so can you talk a little bit about some of the specific recovery items within the Forward Act that, is, that are going to help motivate some of our, our companies to manufacture here at home? Yeah, so the normal credit allows companies, as I said, to deduct a fraction of their research costs from their taxes. So, for example, under the alternative simplified credit, which is one of the options you can use if your company, you get to deduct 14% of your research costs against your taxes. And under the Forward Act, that 14 cent percent would increase depending upon how much of your total gross receipts from manufacturing were derived from the U.S. And so if you were a company and you over 90% of your total gross research comes from domestic production, you'll get to deduct 17.5% of your research costs instead of just the 14%. So in that 17.5 and 90% of your revenues, that, that's the maximum. Mm-hmm. But you get a benefit even if you only produce 50% domestically. You know, the higher your proportion of domestic content is, the more you get to deduct up and up till a maximum of 17.5. So it, it sort of tilts the playing field toward encouraging companies to do their manufacturing in the U.S. if they're also doing their research in the U.S. Uh, okay, so it's, it's sort of a sliding scale. So the more they produce yeah. here uh, domestically, the more of a benefit that they'll get for doing that. Yeah, and then there's also a, it's kind of a similar pro- provision where if, if a company does collaborative research with certain like government bodies or not universities, it would get to deduct the credit percentage it gets to deduct will also go up for the alternative credit it would go up again from 14 to 17.5. So it, it encourages uh, 
collective research as well. Absolutely. And I understand that there's some portions of the proposal that are even going to enhance benefits where there's partnerships with different types of institutions, academic, educational facilities, and research uh, consortiums as well, which you're seeing a lot of now, especially in the COVID environment, right, with these vaccine developments and things like that that are being partnered with universities and different laboratories. So that's amazing to see. In terms of, of, you know, you're seeing a lot of these proposals in Congress, right? The Forward Act is just one of them. And there's, there's potentially a proposal to double the R&D credit as a whole. There's some that are related to semiconductors uh, and things like that. But from your perspective, when you're seeing all this flurry of activity happen at the congressional level, you know, to, to help these businesses, what, what message, you know, does that, does that send to, to American taxpaying companies about, about considering applying for the R&D credit? What do you think all of this says, essentially? Well, I hope that we're, we're making a more consistent message to companies that we want to attract your headquarters here, we want to attract your research, and we want to attract your manufacturing. And we're going to create an environment that, to the extent we can, reduces the costs of making stuff in the U.S. I hope we're also becoming more aware of the fact that even though the U.S. is the dominant economic nation in the world, and even though I think we have far more competitive position is far better than any other country, uh, we are in a global competition for economic activity, and other countries are reducing their tax rates, they're increasing their tax credits. For example, the U.S., which used to rank ahead of all countries in the generosity of our R&D tax credit, now is about 27th or 26th among OECD countries. Credit only, you know, subsidizes about 4% of your total costs. So, you know, there, there are a lot of other countries where that are trying hard to get companies to do research or manufacturing in their jurisdictions, and we need to make a competitive effort to respond to that. Absolutely agree with you. I definitely think this is going to be one, hopefully just one way that, that the government is incentivizing those types of activities. So, you know, despite what the Forward Act has to offer, you know, you're mentioning some of these other opportunities that may still exist, you know, for our government to, to continue to expand. What are, what are some things that you think are maybe missing from the Forward Act or things that you'd like to see done from your experience and your research done going forward to maybe still enhance the benefit and, and, and the incentive that's available. One thing that doesn't involve the credit is that earlier this week, Senators Coons and Durbin introduced an Innovation Centers Acceleration Act, which would increase federal spending on research by devoting up to $80 billion to nine new national innovation centers across the nation. But with respect to the tax credit, the ITIF has long called for raising the alternative simplified credit from the current 14% up to 20%. Right now, under the credit, right now, companies are allowed to deduct the full cost of their research from their revenue. So, you know, it, it's considered a cost of business that's all incurred in the first year. But if you, if you take the tax credit, you can't do that. You have to write off the research costs over five years. 
And so that, that reduces the benefit of the cost. And we think that ought to be changed. You ought to be able to qualify for the credit and deduct the full cost of your research in the first year. The Tax Reform Act also has a provision where, that totally does away with expensing in the first year after 2012, and we think that should be changed. And then another one is that under the existing law, small companies that, that are carrying forward losses, and, and so they get credit, but they don't have a, pay enough taxes to use the credits, you're allowed to carry them into the next year. But you lose all those credits if you're bought up by another company, if you have some sort of change in ownership. And that makes small companies a lot less attractive to larger companies. And, and that's important because a lot of these companies, they do the research because that's what they're really good at. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, their isolation makes them very focused on the research. Uh, but at some point, if they're successful, they need help scaling up. If it's a pharmaceutical company, they need help conducting and running tests and complying with the FDA's complicated regulations. And so they need, you know, to be scaled up by a bigger entity that specializes in in taking, you know, well-developed projects actually to the market. The inability to carry forward credits reduces their attractiveness. So we think that under certain conditions, if you're bought up by a larger company, you should uh, you should still get to apply those credits to the tax liability of the larger company. Absolutely. So, you know, with all these proposals there, and, and you know, if you were to remove the, the proposals in Congress, you know, sort of out of the environment right now, what would you say is the current perception of American taxpaying businesses? What would you say their current perception of the R&D credit is right now? I hear anecdotal evidence. I think that um, a lot of, especially smaller companies just aren't really aware of the credit or if they're aware of it, they perceive it as being too complex to use because, you know, you have to distinguish the costs that that qualify for the credit versus the costs that don't. And you have to keep records of everything you do. And so that can be very complicating and, and time intensive and expensive for a company. Requirements like the the instruction to SBA and IRS to to try and educate small companies and you know make it easier for them to actually use the credits are very important. Absolutely, I think this is one of the first times that in my history of working with this where I've seen you know a mandate within the bill for the IRS and the SBA to actually assist with claiming these types of benefits and educating taxpayers on what's out there as opposed to simply auditing and trying to get the money back for the government, you know? So that's, that's definitely a big, big change from, from what's normally there. And I think, you know, to your point, it, it sends a, a message that the government understands that these are complicated items that, you know, these are very unique regulatory programs, but they offer so much benefit to both companies right now who need this assistance, as well as companies who are looking to innovate and change the landscape of their industries. You know, I'm hoping that people will see that, that, you know, even in the past, if they thought they didn't qualify, there's so many opportunities now in which the law has already been expanded and continues to be expanded. And hopefully companies will see that the doors open for them as well to looking at these benefits. Yeah, we hope so. We're big fans of the tax credit. The bedrock reason is that 
there are dozens at least of, of good academic papers that have researched the effects of the research and development tax credit, and they consistently show high rates of return and high, you know, high levels of social benefit being created. A global pandemic, a grim economic forecast, feeling the squeeze, an R&D tax credit can help lower your burn. If you qualify, the IRS and some state governments will give you a tax credit equal to 10% of your company's spend on development activities. You can even take the credit against payroll taxes if you're in the red. All you have to do is claim it. So what's stopping you? If an expensive application process is turning you off, sorry, now you really have no excuse. Cross-Border Solutions AI-driven R&D tax credit software eliminates the need for pricey consultants and allows you to apply for R&D credits all over the world for one low fee. After all, why should you have to spend your whole R&D tax credit on getting your R&D tax credit? It's your money. Keep more of it with Cross-Border Solutions, the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. Request a demo today. Visit xbs.ai slash rd. That's xbs.ai slash rd. So, Joe, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what are ITIF's overall impressions of the Forward Act from an organizational standpoint? Yeah, we're strong supporters of it. I think we're listed on as, you know, I guess you're not a co-sponsor, but an endorser, along with a bunch of other trade associations. We've been working with Senator Coons on this and other stuff, and, you know, they often bounce ideas past us and, and past a lot of other groups just to see what you know, they get suggestions on how to improve the laws. You know, we, we hope this gets enacted as soon as possible. We think it'll make a, a significant difference. As we look to the future, what, what do you think the audience's takeaway should be from this conversation today about these proposals, about, you know, R&D as a whole? What, what are some of those takeaways you think? I personally believe that the world can be a much, much better place in 20 years, 30 years, if we want it to be. But we need to have a lot more investment in infrastructure and research product development in order for that to happen. And on the other side, we need more enlightened public policies to make sure that everybody uh, has a place in society and that everybody benefits from growth. The world 30 years from now looks totally different if we get 3% growth instead of 2% growth. Absolutely. Phenomenally, but you know that doesn't happen automatically. Uh, there are public policies that can substantially increase the chances of getting productivity increases and economic growth and higher salaries. And there's encouraging more research, more innovation. One of the most important, whether you know whether it takes place through more grants and and awards and spending on research, or whether it takes uh, place through the tax code with tax deductions and tax credits, such as the R&D tax credit. And so with respect to the act going through, the proposal going through Congress right now, any any expectation in terms of timelines, uh, in terms of a vote on, on these proposals, or especially the Forward Act? No, I, I don't really have uh, a good sense of how this goes. Usually in tax, sometimes Things have to wait for a big tax bill and then everything gets done. But 
Congress does change the law a little bit every almost every year. And so uh, I'm hopeful maybe after the election, people turn to finding little things they can do that will get bipartisan support and make a difference. And I think this meets both those criteria. It's got both bipartisan support and it would make a difference. Any chance you think this would make it in with some sort of other COVID fiscal stimulus and, and get some of these provisions in there as well? Or do you think it would be passed as a separate one? Well, my, my initial guess was it probably have to wait to being a separate thing. But, you know, I'm, uh, it's been a long time since I worked on the Hill. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if... Uh, Senator Coons and Senator Roberts are very, both very good at getting legislation through the chamber, and it wouldn't surprise me if they found a way to do it sooner rather than later. Understood. And hopefully, hopefully it's sooner rather than later to help all of these businesses that, uh, that definitely need some of this help. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Joe, Dr. Kennedy, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Any closing remarks that you have before we wrap up? No, just I want to thank you for this opportunity. It's always, like I said, a little delight when you get asked to do something like this, and I've enjoyed it very much. Well, it's been a pleasure having you and a pleasure speaking with you, sir. Thank you again for your time and sharing some of your expertise with us and your thoughts, as well as your organization's um, thoughts on the Forward Act and some of the other aspects of the R&D credit. My pleasure. Excellent. Well, thank you very much to our audience as well. Really appreciate your time coming to spend a little bit of time here with us today. There are plenty more podcasts coming your way. Feel free to subscribe on Apple and Spotify and we'll fill you in on what's happening. Again, my name is Raheem Walji. I'm the director of our R&D Incentives practice here at Cross Border Solutions and also will be your host of this podcast going forward. Special thanks to Matthew DeMello, who engineers and edits the show. Thank you so much for all that you do. And we'll be back next time with more on R&D tax credits. Thanks so much.